One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast where we turn our guests into their own best biographers using music to reveal the stories of their past. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Chinqui. My guest today is Bryn Goldsmith. Bryn is a recent graduate of FGCU School of Resort and Hospitality Management, as well as president of four student organizations. She also created a survey to identify fellow students who found themselves struggling with food insecurity during the pandemic and partnered with faculty on getting food to them. On top of all that, she also makes and sells jam online, sending the proceeds to various social justice organizations. I met Bryn when she was brought into our studio to be interviewed for a different podcast, and the longer I listened, the more sure I became that she'd be a great guest for Three Song Stories. So, here we go. Hey there, Bryn. Hi, Richard. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming in. Um, hey, what is the Golden Pineapple Award? <laughs> I don't know how you found out about that. That's what I do for a living. But um, the Golden Pineapple Award is actually an award that I won um, my senior year. I actually just graduated from FGCU. Um, and um, my favorite professors, well, which are all of them in my program, in my hospitality program, um, they awarded me this um, award that they actually, they said that they built this award special for me. So Okay, you say built. Yes. Like, is there an actual pineapple? Like an actual... <laughs> so... Is there um, a mantle somewhere? Yeah, so Stephanie actually found this beautiful crystal pineapple. Okay. And it has like sparkles. It's just gorgeous. And um, so she gave that to me when I won the award. And Where's the golden pineapple now? Oh, it is sitting right, right like... As soon as I go to bed at night, it's like right across from me. Okay, it's what do you, right what do you my... get it for? Is it... So just, just being Bryn? Or? So, <laughs> so, um, so it was actually an award um, just for contributions that I made to um, the hospitality program when I was there um, and just for, for being like a scholar and uh, for continuing on in my hospitality education and just for, like I said, for contributions made to the program. Do they, is that an ongoing thing? Do they give it to people still or are you the only? I don't, I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see if the golden pineapple award lives on. So. Oh, when, when did you get the first one? I thought um, it was like 2019. No. Oh, well, so the, so the first one, so kind of Scott Lee. So he just kind of made it up on uh -huh. the spot. Um, when you know, like our program was going through some changes and um, I created and ran this forum for students to kind of understand and ask questions about the changes that were going on. Um, so he kind of just on the spot um, gave me just like a little pin and, and a note that he had that he had written for me. And he's like, Bryn, this is the Golden Pineapple Award. This is what you deserve. But it wasn't like an official thing. Um, but I still put it on my resume. So I was like, <laughs> so honored, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when I was a senior, graduated just just now. Um, he, they gave that to me as an official, an official award. So they had created a new award That's for so me. That's cool. so Yeah. Okay. So how would you describe the musical background of your childhood? So it is very complicated. Um, most of it is classic rock because of my dad. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of 70s, um, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac are my favorites. Um, but I also have more of a punk rock kind of vibe from my mom. Um, she loves the Pixies and the Violent Femmes, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is more rock than punk mm -hmm. rock. But but yeah, so a lot, almost all of it comes from my parents. And um, was what's the, like the earliest musical memory that you can bring bring up? 
like that you have? So the earliest one, um, we were living in Florida, or well, I do now, but we moved around um, a lot. Um, but I was born we're, in Orlando. We're, you were born in Orlando. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was just I was really little, um, and I remember my dad loves you too. Um, and I still do. But um, he always used to play this song, Beautiful Day, by mm-hmm. U2. And I just remember, like, loving it, dancing around the living room with him. Um, that's my earliest musical memory. And uh, we still listen to it. But now it makes me cry a little bit because it's very nostalgic for me. But, sure. That's but, yeah. great. Um, and so we know kind of what kind of music they were playing. Um, did did they have any music even then, like when you were a kid, that you kind of thought was not for you? Because, you know, we imprint music from our parents so easily sometimes. Oh, so true. So true. My mom, at first, I love the Pixies now, but my mom used to just play them all the time. And it was, you know, it's a little bit hardcore rock for Mm. like a little kid, you know, to appreciate. And uh, so I did not appreciate it at first. (laughs) Like, mom, if you make me listen to Diggin' for Fire (laughs) one more time, you know that song? I was like, if you you play that song one more time, I'm going to run away or something. I can't do it anymore. But now I love them. And we've been to many concerts of them. And yeah. They're one of my favorites. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw a person perform music live? And it doesn't have to be a show, like the certain, like a human playing an instrument. Well, my dad, um, he plays guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't so much anymore, but he was in a band um, in high school and in college. Um, so, you know, I kind of grew up with that musical influence. So it was probably him just playing a guitar that he picked up. Um, but the first concert I ever went to was the Violent Femmes. Right. Yes. We're going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, did your mom play anything? No, she she played the piano when she was really young, um, but but no, not right, not anymore. How about you? No, actually. Um, I sang and did musical theater all throughout my upbringing um, in high school. I was in quite a few different shows. Um, I love to sing, um, and my dad loves to sing too. Um, my mom loves to sing, but she always says she's not good at it, which... She's wrong. I think she has a beautiful voice. Um, but no, um, I guess my voice would be my only instrument. But I would love to learn guitar. So the next question is, if you could play one, any instrument automatically, Matrix style, mm-hmm. would that be your answer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guitar all the way. And what kind of, what style of guitar would you play the most if you could play it? Knowing myself, probably acoustic, but I think it'd just be so punk rock to be, just be able to like shred just on yeah. the electric guitar. Just well, I mean, so like as as a guitarist, right? Like the skills transfer, mm-hmm. but like I think that like it's pretty rare that I pick up my acoustic. I right. usually reach for my electric guitar. Oh, do you? Yeah. Um. So I want to see if I want to circle back to it. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So musical theater. Hey, Tara. She's waving. We're, I'm just going to narrate. So Tara's standing there in front of the... She's oh, waving. Tara. Just don't. Don't even. Just don't. don't. Hello, okay. I'm so sorry that I'm tardy. Hi, Tara. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. God, is that you? No, it's just Tara. <laughs> it's just Tara. <laughs> <laughs> right, she's got all the buttons over there. Um, so, okay. Um, what I wanted to ask was, okay, so you, you said you so nonchalantly, like, oh, I did lots of musical theater. <laughs> Um, what was a standout role? Like if when when I say a role that you played, what's the first one that jumped into your head? Um, I actually played the evil queen in Snow White. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I tried out for Snow White. 
<laughs> that's what I wanted. I wanted to be Snow Villains White. Villains have more fun. They that's have true. Better songs. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, did she, so was did the Queen have a song in this play that oh, you did? Oh, she did. She had quite a few songs. Yep, yep. And uh, it took a lot of practice. Um, it was definitely a lower kind of note that I had to sing throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I was kind of used to higher notes, but it was like a really cool challenge for me. Um, I don't think of myself as evil, but, <laughs> but you know, that's what acting, acting is. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you do expand you, and grow. Do you remember how the song goes? <laughs> no, I don't remember at all, Richard. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, there was one song where I was convincing Snow White to take a bite of this, um, of the poisonous apple. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had to sing maybe just one bite, like over and over again. You know, I was like just trying to convince her little by little. So I was like, maybe just one bite. <laughs> just over and over you again. Have a really nice voice, Rid. Oh, yeah, nice. Thank you. Don't judge me based on that little <laughs> song, please. That was really good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, can you, can you remember, um, the first music that you had that was yours since your parents were introducing so much to you? Yes. Well, I am a record collector. I love collecting records. Yes. Um, So, you know, kind of from the 70s kind of rock vibe that my dad kind of gave me, I kind of branched off to some stuff that he wasn't more of a fan of, like the lighter rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Elton John was probably is one of my my most favorite artists, um, the Beatles as well. I grew up just loving the Beatles. Um, my grandma actually, she came to watch me one time while my parents were on a trip, and I just made her s- sit there and listen to this Beatles CD. Because at the time, were you? oh, I was probably like, oh, probably ten. <laughs> and so I put in a Beatles CD, and I just made her sit there with me and just listen to the whole thing. And of course, I sang along, but yeah. and Elvis as well. Elvis, I don't, my parents still don't know why I was obsessed with Elvis, but I made them go, he is the king. That's right. I made them go to um, Elvis impersonator shows with me. (laughs) So my mom's from Hawaii. So we, my first trip to Hawaii, you know, Elvis is huge there. Yeah. So um, there was an Elvis impersonator, a young one, not an old one. And so, so I made them go with me. And of course I was the youngest person there. I was probably like six or seven at the time. And uh, he sang, you know, his song, um, Teddy Bear. Mm-hmm. He sang that song and he dedicated it to me. And he called me up on stage and gave me a little stuffed teddy bear. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's heartwarming. It was like I have to say thing. that I love that you made your parents take you. I, was I, I say, like that that's what boss, the narrative Yeah, your boss and your grandma around, your yep, parents. Yep. Like, you had some control I over did. <laughs> Wait, did you pick the radio stations in the car? Well, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on special um, occasions. All right. Um, you know what? I'd like I'd like to get into the, into this first song here. Um, so, what'd you bring for the first song? The first song I kind of wanted to start with a sad note and end with a happier note. So, sure. So yeah. um, I'm gonna start with "Landslide" by Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. And you wanna do you wanna tell it? You wanna listen? What do you What do you wanna do here? Sure. I'll tell I'll tell a little bit, and then we'll listen, and then I have kind of a another story. Got it. So um, so kind of lighter story than the second one I have. Um, I was a senior in high school, and I was taking this awesome AP psychology class. It was super great. Um, the teacher was awesome, Mr. Holcomb. Um, he And I learned after talking to him and getting to know him that he um, played 
in a band. Like he did, you know, kind of like one man shows. And he also hosted open mic nights like throughout Raleigh, which is where I lived at the time. Um, it's a nice spot. It is a nice spot. So my my best friend Emily and I um, found out where he was playing, you know, like where he hosted open mic nights. And so we had gone to a couple of them and, you know, listened to him play. We did a little karaoke, you know, once in a while. Um, and then so I had this wonderful group of friends um, when I was in high school. And um, we were all going different places for college. I was going the farthest because I was going to Florida. A couple of them were going to Virginia, you know, and most of them were staying in North Carolina. But um, so we we all got together and it was the very last night that we all had together. I was moving the very next day. So our whole house pretty much was packed. You know, my childhood home mm-hmm. was all packed up, ready to go. Um, but I wanted we wanted to do something fun on our last night. So Mr. Holcomb was hosting an open mic night at a brewery. So we went and um, technically weren't supposed to be there because we weren't 21. But you know what? It's okay. (laughs) So so we all went and um, we were just having a great time. And my friends towards the end, like they were begging me to sing. And so I got up there with Mr. Holcomb and he said, what song do you want to do you want to sing? And it just popped in my head. I was like, I want to I want to sing Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Like that's, you know, one of my favorites. That's what I want to do. So he's like, great. So we started we started singing and um, he backed me in guitar and it was just so awesome. And I had no idea that it would be so meaningful to me and especially my friends because I was just singing, having a good time. And I looked out in the audience and all my friends were crying. (laughs) And it just really hit me at that moment. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this song is really significant to the place where we all are right now. Um, you know, we're all moving and, and changing, you know, so much significant change at that point in our lives. Um, and so it was just, yeah. So I went and sat back down and he actually, we actually sang the chorus a couple more times just because the audience was loving it. We were having a great time. But um, so then, you know, we all went back to my house at the end and because we all rode in one car. Um, and we all gave each other hugs and it was just so emotional because we knew when was the next time we were going to see each other. Like we didn't know. So, um, so I went back in my house and it was like 3am by the time we got back and my whole house was pitch black. Everything was packed up. There was not any furniture. My parents were just sleeping on the living room floor because our, you know, our beds had been taken already. Um, you know, I was really sad at the time, but looking back on it, it's such a special memory for me. And um, I'm really glad that I chose to, you know, kind of spread my wings and move away. But, you know, that will always live very special in my heart. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's take a trip to the brewery in Raleigh. This is uh, this is Landslide off of Fleetwood Mac's album Fleetwood Mac from 1975. Wow. <laughs> that song did make me a little emotional. But um, song is really special to me. So, where does it fit into your life today? Well, now I'm really going to try not to cry in this next part. But um, my grandma, my mom's mom, the one who I made sit there mm-hmm. and listen to Beatles with me all day. <laughs> so, um, she actually uh, was passing away from lung cancer when I was a sophomore in college. So a couple years ago. Um, and, uh, she lived in Mississippi, so we really didn't get to see her too often, but, um, we went and visited her when she was, uh, at this rehab facility and, um, she always used to love to hear me sing. She would call me on the phone and just ask me to sing for her. Um, she'd ask me to sing, you know, like the greats, like Ella Fitzgerald, Etta James. And I was like, granny, I can't sing Ella Fitzgerald. I don't, I don't sound like them. You know, they're so wonderful, but she just wanted to hear me sing anything and everything. Um, and so I knew that, um, she would want me to sing to her 
Um, sorry. It's okay. Sorry. Um, you want one? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I told myself I was going to be strong. <laughs> I think you still can be. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I knew that she would want me to sing to her, um, even if, you know, she didn't really know what was going on. She wasn't really able to um, talk at that point. But um, I said to my mom and, we, you know, my parents and I and uh, my mom's sisters and brother were all, were all in the room with us. And I said to my mom, I was like, what do you think she'd want me to sing? She was like, what's in your heartburn? And landslide immediately came to my mind. Uh, so I sang it to her. And um, it was, you know, of course, just a super emotional moment for me. I think that my mom's youngest sister secretly recorded me doing it. And I still don't know to this day <laughs> if she did. I don't know, you know, if she just wanted to to keep that special moment, you know, and um, maybe someday she's going to share that with me. Um, but um, if she did, that's that's really cool. You know, that's really something special uh, to hold on to. But But I hope that my granny and I I do believe that she was able to hear me and mm. and I was able to she died later that night um so I was just really glad that we got there in time and, yeah. and that I was able to sing to her when we, I did we had a, a guest on in early in the show um Angel Duncan and she is a um I was gonna say neurologist but it's not like a like she studies brain a neuroscientist and um she talked with us about how um, she has she has seen and and read through literature about um, patients who are either either have Alzheimer's or dementia or simply just through old age like they they have a hard time remaining cognitive and having music like like the, it brings a level of cognition that they don't see outside of music they'll play mm -hmm. songs that they know that they liked and you'll see them become responsive and alert. Um, so I think that, that I mean, so cool. I mean, aside from that, it's, I mean, it's great that you got to sh have the moment singing with her. So, um, all right. So staying kind of with, you know, landslide and, um, and zap oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and even, even like the pixies, which is a little further up, but, um, you know, at your school with your friends in that era, right, right there before you left, that that's not contemporary music. <laughs> that's true. Um, what was what songs were really popular at that age for you? Like right at the kind of cusp of adulthood. Ooh, that's a good one. Because honestly, my friends and I, we were always old souls. So we were together. That's what we were jamming to always. You just were unplugged from it anyway. Yeah. Then okay. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> that's but, fine. Yeah. But you know, we loved like the new stuff too. Um, I'm trying to think like from high school. Oh my goodness. Okay. Probably like Usher. Sure. So here's an easy step. Uh, you going to any, any school dances? Yes. Okay, unfortunately. So, so when I say school, when I say <laughs> school dance, slow song, what is a oh, song gosh. that would have been you, that you would have remembered? You remember that song that was playing everywhere from um, those Fast and Furious movies? It's been a long time. Or, you know. Keep going. I don't... Without you, my friend. <laughs> I don't think I do, but I believe you. Hold I believe on. you as well. I've no, not heard that. No, no, no. But if it was you guys have definitely as heard it. as you just sang it, then okay. it was definitely a banger, I'm sure. You know, the one it's like, and I'll tell you oh. all about it. See you again? Yes. It's by Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> See you again. And, okay. Um, yeah. So 
<laughs> so I just remember that when I was a sophomore, I went to prom um, because a junior asked me. And um, it was – I. You know, I'm not a slow dancer. I, that is not something that I wanted to do. You know, nothing against the guy I went with, but that's just. Um, <laughs> I have the opposite problem. I'm not. I'm a slow dancer. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I can. Oh yeah. It, listen, if you need if you need hot moves on the floor, mm-hmm. move along. If you need to t- take incremental steps in a clockwise direction yeah. for three and a half minutes, mm-hmm. I got you. Yes. I got, I got you. <laughs> See, no, I'd rather just be out there just having fun, but the guy I was with really wanted to slow dance yeah. and wanted that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I surely did not, but I did it anyway. Yeah. And so that um, that's a little triggering for me, actually. Okay. <laughs> that song does not live in a great place. Well, you know, we ask a question um, about, uh, is there a song that you generally avoid because of a memory yes. it might bring up? I feel like yeah. See You Again might be the one for It you. might be the one, Richard. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you said, uh, you said earlier you are a record collector. Yes. Um, so uh, is that how you most often listen to music? Probably not most often, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but um, records are something that are so special to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and I actually, because my dad, like, he had a couple records just laying around in his parents' basement. And so he went and visited them once and brought me back a couple. And I became, like, obsessed. Yeah. Now I have more records than he ever did. And um, that's something that we share. And um, every time I go home, I make him go to a new record store with me. Cool. Every time. There's some there's some cool ones in Orlando, but please uh let us know. Take us through maybe a visual but auditory uh tour through what your record collection is. Yeah, give looks us like. like the nickel tour of your, okay. of your collection. So um let's see. Of course it's a lot of seventies. Um, yeah, I figure. <laughs> yes, yeah. Elton John, I have a few Fleetwood Mac, and actually my roommate um, Kaylee's dad, he had like the classic Fleetwood Mac albums before Stevie Nicks even joined mm-hmm. the band, um, which I have to say I like them more after Stevie. But, yeah. you know, I can appreciate both eras of Fleetwood. So um, so I have like five of their classic albums, and that's really cool. Um, a lot of Beach Boys, um, some classic Elvis, um, and I love the old ones, like the ones you find in the bottom of the barrel at the record store yeah. that are like three bucks because they're so like torn to pieces. But I'd rather have those than the brand new ones because I think what's so cool about records is they're listened to. There's a story behind every single one and yeah. they're traded between people. I think that's so awesome. But um, my most recent one is actually um, by the Black Pumas. I just – I literally just started – Listening to some black really? people. Yeah, I ran into a song that was on like in a store. Yep. Or who was it? Was it a, was it a cigar bar? Yes. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Who is this? And I did the, you know, like, hey, go- oh, shit, yeah. you say it, my phone's everybody's phone <laughs> who's listening to this is going to do it. Oh, I, I told my phone to to tell me what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's this song by the Black Pumas. And I just downloaded like the album. Oh, you know, yeah. You know. No, you get sucked in. I yeah. think they are just the coolest. I think they're the coolest band that we've seen in a really long time, honestly. So, so I love them. They're my new favorite. So, do you have a prized album as far as like this is you know like if if it was if you had like a a podium to put it on? Yeah. Like, what's the one you really take care of? Well, I have um, what, it's the Blue Album by the Beatles. Oh. Yes, and it was it's my most expensive one just because there's like so many songs on it, and it came with like two different records. It's my most expensive one, and that's kind of is it my, the original. It's. 
It's old. <laughs> okay. It is very old. Works for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want to buy a new one. Sure. So, Matt, we. Uh, I. I just got back from a trip to New York, and there's a there's a bookstore there called the the Strand. The Strand. Yeah. Maybe this is the stand. <laughs> I think it's the strand. Um, it's really cool. It's they, the big sign says like eighteen miles of books, right? But cool. it's it's a three story place, and the bottom floor has their record collection. And I was really hoping that I could wander down there and get a, a copy of um, a vinyl of um, Random Access Memories by oh, Daft Punk cool. because those are those are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if it if it's anywhere, <laughs> it'll be. It was not. I didn't come home with any vinyl, oh, no. but. Um, Oh, the search continues. Um, yes. All right. I'll be on the lookout for oh, you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean that, actually. If you see it, <laughs> shoot me a message. Um, all right. Um, so what was the last live music performance you went to before the pandemic? Oh, man. And I miss live music so much. Yeah. Um, geez, which one? Okay. I went to a Lana Del Rey concert. Um, I actually, I love Lana. Yeah. I do. I do. I think her voice is just beautiful. It's a very contemporary modern. Yes, it's true. You. That's true. I actually do have a couple of, of her records. So, um, but no, I, I actually love Lana. So, so yeah, I've been to a couple of her concerts. Where now. was that? That was in Orlando. And before then I went to one of them in Charlotte when I lived in, in North Carolina. Uh, what's the furthest you've traveled to see an artist? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I know we we have traveled to see some people. What was the first one that popped up then? Well, you know, when I lived in Raleigh, we went to Charlotte to see Lana. That was just a couple hours. Yeah. Um, you ever leave the state? I know that we. I know that we have at some point in my adolescence, but I cannot remember. I think we went to. Um, like Georgia or something to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers once. Mm-hmm. Yes, like some random state. It wasn't too far, but you know, it was worth it to see them. So yeah, clearly so, uh, six hours maybe yeah. from North Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Um. Who uh, Who would you love to see, living or dead? Oh, oh, that's such. Mm. Oh, that's such a hard one. I did. I did get to see Fleetwood Mac. Which was awesome. Um, oh man, that is hard. Probably the Beatles when they were together, um, and everyone was alive. <laughs> um, that would be super awesome. Honestly, Elvis probably. Yeah, I saw impersonators. What a show, right? I mean, what a show yeah. that would be. Like he's such a performer. Yeah, it would just be like a complete experience. I feel like. I think so. White jumpsuit or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just check. Gotta be classic. Just gotta use your part. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's let's move into your second song, I think. Um, do you want to talk about it first? Do you want to tell us the story or do you want to listen to the song? And Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about sure, it. Sure. Yeah. So my next song is Ugly by the Violent Femmes. Um, so this one is really special for between me and my mom or yeah, my mom and I. My mom and me. My mom and me. Yeah. Okay, sorry for my grammar. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's really special to us. When I was in elementary school, I was living in North Carolina at the time. Um, there was this, there was this dude. His name was Jim, <laughs> and I will never forget. I will never forget him. Oh, and Jim, he, Jim. <laughs> and, 
And uh, he was just giving me such a hard time. Just every day, I would just go into school and he would just be so mean to me. Yeah. How old are you here? Oh, probably fourth grade. Okay. So yeah. oh, my daughter is in fourth grade now. So oh, like really? nine-ish, right? Yes. Eight, nine, yeah. yeah. And that's a fragile age. Yes. <laughs> you know? And you're, you know, you're already self-conscious, you know, it's, it's a hard age. And so when there's someone giving you a hard time, it just makes everything more difficult. So this dude, Jim, um, was just giving me a real hard time. Um, he, I don't want to be dramatic, but he was bullying me. So, you know, I'd go home and I'd tell my mom these stories of Jim. And um, for the record, every time you say his name, you make a face like, <laughs> oh, like, you're like this, they were, like totally normal. There was this guy, Jim. Like, yeah, so <laughs> I'll never get over. It's it. there. It's in there. Like ten years later, or yeah. however many years. So you tell your mom. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I'm telling my mom these stories about him, and of course she was not happy about it, and you know she was going to take care of it. But to make me feel better about it, um, on our way to school, because I would dread going to school because of this. So um, on our way to school, and of course I told you guys that um, she. Always had me listening to Violent Femmes. They were one of her favorite bands. Yeah, punk rock mom. Yes, yeah. right. So um, so she would play the Violent Femmes all the time for me, and they have this song called Ugly. And um, so she would turn that song on. Um, so instead of me, you know, telling those horrible stories of what Jim did to me all day, um, she would play the song on our way to school, and we would just blast it and just sing at the top of our lungs. And, you know, we would dedicate it. Gym. <laughs> and you know not physical ugliness but you know internal sure. and and just yeah yes as a person as a person <laughs> i'm sure uh, you know i'm sure that he's grown and changed since then and, sure you know so i would get over it i'm over it clearly but <laughs> what do you know what kind of car your mom drove oh yes a white convertible bmw Ooh, but punk a super rock, old one punk rock in an yes. old white beamer I love yes. it. <laughs> oh, All right. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's listen. I gotta. I gotta. I listened to this earlier as I was gathering this stuff. Uh, fun note, by the way, "Ugly" was a bonus track in that really? album. And for people who have only lived with digital albums your whole life, which is fair, because I'm old now, <laughs> but <laughs> no. bo- but they used to put songs with a big gap of silence either on the tape like at the end of the last song or on the last track of the CD, they'd put like a long silence. And so people would just like start it over or flip it out. But if you waited, eventually the actual song would start. So, it was, you know, on, on a CD player, it would say like seven minutes, but the first like three or four minutes would just be nothing. And then the music would come. So, but I mean, a bonus track doesn't have to be that, but that was how we found them when I was that age. So, oh, uh, so cool. this is, a, yeah. So this is um, ugly by the violent Femmes, the bonus track off of, the same album, Violent Femmes, from 1983. That one goes out to Jim. <laughs> Shout out, Jim. I feel like we'd be friends now. Maybe. Yeah, you might be. <laughs> Terrace, Terrace throwing the deuces up. All right. Um, so tell me about social justice jams. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, w- I would love to, to share this with you guys, but... Um, so basically, um, last summer, you know, the hospitality industry, just like all industries, took a huge hit. Yeah. Um, you know, all my all my peers and I were all out of jobs because everything was shut down. Um, and so basically, I was sitting there out of a job in my parents' house. You know, had to move out of my apartment and everything. And um, so I was sitting there, and I was like, "What can I do that would be meaningful with my time right now?" Um, I honestly, I felt guilty. I was like, what am I doing with this time? Um, and time is a gift, you know? Um, 
And I also, you know, was fortunate enough to be able to collect unemployment. Um, and that kind of helped me out as well. But I felt really guilty. I was like, you know, I, I know that there are people who don't have places to go right now. Um, and luckily, I had my parents to support me during that time. Um, so I felt guilty collecting this money and just sitting there not doing anything. So I had really been wanting to try to make homemade jam for some reason. I don't know, like this came to me in a dream or something. I don't I don't <laughs> know. It's got a hold of you. Yes. Yeah. And so I went to the store. I got like a bunch of strawberries, some sugar, and some lemon juice. Like I was searching easy homemade mm-hmm. strawberry jam recipes online. And um, I found what looked like an easy one. And so I went and got all these supplies, you know, the mason jars, everything, some cute little, you know, checked ribbon and things, of you know, to decorate my yes. jars. So I was so excited in theory. And then I actually started to try to make jam, and it proved to be a lot harder mm-hmm. <laughs> than it was. So, you know, probably 100 pounds of strawberries later, <laughs> you know, my yeah. parents, they still say they would wake up at like 3 a.m. because I'm very nocturnal. So, uh, you know, I'd just be trying to make this jam at 3 a.m. They would wake up to the smell of just burning strawberries just downstairs. <laughs> so um, I finally mastered a recipe. And um, to all of our friends and everything in the area, I would just go and bring them all these different prototypes of jam that I had made. Yes. Too liquidy, too hard. Guinea you know. pigs. Yes, yeah. exactly. So they would give me feedback and um, I would try and perfect the recipe based on that. I finally found the exact timing, the exact measurements, you know, et cetera, um, to make the perfect, well, what I think is the perfect jar of jam. <laughs> um, and then... Um, one person said to me, actually, Bryn, like, this is really good. You could sell this. I said, well, you know, I don't want to sell it for my personal gain, but I would love to sell it and donate it, um, you know, and, and donate the proceeds. Like, see if anyone wants to buy some jam and, you know, I can donate the what I make up from it. So um, I was looking for um, an organization. Um, and um, at that point, um, you know, it was it was right after George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, there were all these different organizations that I really felt passionate about supporting. Um, and, um, I stumbled along a couple different that I really wanted to support. Um, right now I'm actually doing a cause for, um, the National Black Justice Coalition. Um, and they are, um, I did that for Pride Month actually, but I'm still going to continue on through, Mm -hmm. through the summer. Um, and they are an organization um, dedicated to supporting black members of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but the very first organization I sold jam for was the um, Equal Justice Initiative. Mm-hmm. And um, they are an organization, if you've ever read or seen the movie Just Mercy. Yeah. Um, so they um, that story was about um, the man, the amazing man who um, kind of started that organization. Um, we can do this for the listeners here. Um, Brian Stevenson. Yes. Brian Stevenson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Brian Stevenson started, um, the equal justice initiative. I would highly recommend that book and movie, um, to anyone who might be interested. Um, and you know, I'll always contribute some proceeds to them. Um, and then also for Martin Luther King day, I did, um, I did. I sold some jam for the Martin Luther King Foundation. Um, And, you know, I just I'm always on the lookout for other social justice organizations to support and sell my jam for. Um, So, yeah. And now I'm in the process of trying to make raspberry jam. That was a special request. Is it strawberries only right now? Strawberries only right now. Okay. But raspberry to come. On the horizon. Okay. Yes. Well, Mike Canary, the co-creator and usual host of this show, 
is, um, oh, I love the word and I can never remember it. It's the word for people for who keep bees. Um, oh, yes. But it's a fun word. Hold on. He's an apiarist. Oh, yes. Um, oh, how cool. Yeah. And uh, he has a lot of honey coming. And I think that maybe we could do just like a sit down because honey and jam and I could make some pastries and maybe we'll just have like a little, just, just people who bring food. That <laughs> just sounds <us>. awesome. <laughs> um, you know, you do it for a good cause and you do it because you, no one can, no one gets good at something like that without having like some kind of internal passion for it. Um, do you see that becoming something more than what you're doing now? Or is this kind of like, this is, this is where you like it? Oh, I would love to. I would love to, you know, have so much money that I could, you know, open my own kitchen. And, you know, even if it's just a small little kitchen, you know, if I could raise enough money to open my own small little place and be able to have a real kitchen, you know, not just out of my apartment doing this, um, be able to, you know, have more supplies to, you know, make more jam at a time. I can make like five jars at a time and it's yeah. just like, <sighs> it right. takes forever. I, I promise we're going to do music again in a second, but I like food a lot. So I just, I'm a big proselytizer for um, clotted cream, which okay. is something that no one in America seems to be aware of. Mm -hmm. But you take heavy cream and you put it in a baking sheet and you cook it for like, I feel like it was like 12 hours. It was a long time. Like you cook it for a long time at a low temperature mm -hmm. and it dries out and it gets like kind of, I don't want to say curdled, but like it separates. And then all, all of the cream that rises up and gets cooked, you scrape that off. And you eat it on whatever you feel like with jam. Ooh. It go and strawberry jam is the correct jam. Tara has something I yes. Chef John yes, that's from right. foodwishes.com <laughs> says <laughs> that it total takes twenty hours and five yeah. minutes, twelve hours cook time to make clotted cream. Yeah, wow. so I, I think I think twelve in the oven is right. Like I feel like that was actually correct. Um it's stupid easy. You just pour cream in a sheet pan and then let it go for a long time to put it in the fridge. But like it's like it's it's like a better butter than you could ever make. Okay. And then you put strawberry jam and you like with it on a biscuit and oh. you eat it. And then you try to figure out how come you don't have a jar of it always in your yes. house. So So clearly you need some of Bren's jam. I think that that's what has to happen. <laughs> so okay. I'll make it happen. All right, back to the music. <laughs> Thanks everybody for I going. would also like some jam. Yeah. Let, let, thank you for indulging us on food I got stuff. You, Tara. Um All right. Uh does music fit into hospitality stuff for you in any specific way? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I think that music fits into everything. Um, yeah. I listen to music all day when I'm at work. Right now, I'm kind of in an administrative kind of role. But um, I'm really passionate about the spa industry. Um, and I think at some at some point soon I'm going to move back into that um, just because I'm I'm just so passionate about about it and how it can change people's lives. Um, it's healthcare that feels good, mm -hmm. as I like to say. Yeah, indulgent um, healthcare. Yes, right? yeah. exactly. Um, so music is a huge part of the spa industry specifically. Um, you know, it really helps people to unwind and it creates like this very special ambiance where people can just kind of lose themselves and just really be healed through music and um, through touch. And I just think that's really cool. I think so too. Um, it's funny how um, how music has that kind of subversive effect. Uh, you, like you don't realize it's happening because it's a, a subconscious effect. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite internet things is when people take trailers and they recut the trailer with different music and it changes the whole the tone. Whole, yes. like you can make a horror movie out of like a comedy or a romantic thing out of a horror movie. Oh yeah. And all of the cues that we're getting for that is just the background music. Mm -hmm. So love that. Um, 
so it's funny how you can walk into a room like a spa and it's like, oh, wood flutes? I'm going to chill out now. Yep. Like, it's time to, exactly. to lay down. It's just like automatic. Yeah. Um, all right. So I know you like uh, stage musicals because you were in a bunch of them. Uh, film musicals? Ooh. Big fan? Sometimes. 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 Which are examples of sometimes, yes. Well, <laughs> um, La La Land was good, I have to say. It did win a bunch of awards. <laughs> I thought I thought the music was good. Cats? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, that was my next question was going to be was, sometimes no, so maybe cats. Yes, yes, it was. Um, it was interesting. I thought you go to cats. I did. I did. I I did watch cats. Oh. Not in the theaters. Fair. <laughs> but um, I actually loved um, Rocket Man. I think. Oh well, okay. You're a big Elton John fan, yes, anyway. Yes. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, I thought it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the actor in that I forget his name right now, but um, Egerton. Some, uh, what is his first name? Something Egerton. Mm-hmm. Tommy Johnny. Something. Something like that. Um, it's uh, okay. I have to say that the last decade may have been kind of a renaissance for you because we've had all of these like. Um, there was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, oh, yeah. and there yeah. was Rocket Man, and there's every. I feel like every three or four years, there's a Beatles based like Yesterday. Yes. Oh yeah, Yesterday um, was good. Mm-hmm. So I have to uh, the obligatory reference um, to um, Across the Universe. Oh yes. Yeah, you familiar mm-hmm. with this? Okay, mm-hmm. Mike Canary is is a big. He loves to tell people about this movie because people love Beatles and don't know about it. So, all right, you sing karaoke. With I, your friends. I do. I love karaoke. <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, I got it on deck. It is <laughs> You're the One That I Want from Greece. <laughs> How does the chorus go? <laughs> oh no. Someone did tell me I was looking very pink lady-ish today. You are a little bit, yeah. Well, I don't want to sing it and uh, make everyone's ears bleed. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I'll just I'll just sing the line. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Honey. You're the one that I want. You are the one I want. Ooh, 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 honey. Thank you. <laughs> Spectacular. Thank you. Um, do you have any television theme songs memorized? Like if it came on, you could really sing all the words. Oh, goodness. I'm ashamed, but I was, you it's know. No shame. Of course, I was a huge Disney Channel fan yeah. when I was, you know, in middle school and high school, even a little bit. So the Wizards of Waverly Place song. <laughs> I knew. I knew the All entire right. thing. All right. Hang tight. We're going to do this. <laughs> now, I would help you, but I have. I mean, I know the show exists. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, familiar goodness. with the title. I've never seen it. Apparently, oh, no. it's Selena Gomez is the one. Yes. Who yeah. This yes. is like one of her big, like, early roles, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, goodness. We're going to test you here. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not what it seems. Things I mean, please. It's by the means. Yes, please. <laughs> It'll go to your head. On a book you never read. Snap your fingers, you can make your bed. That's what I said. Everything is not what it seems. Get all you want and live wildest dreams. Into trouble, go to extremes. Because everything is not what it seems. Just guessing. <laughs> With the balance of things is not what it seems. Seems. Okay, it's been a long time since I've listened to that one. So I thought I that was great. <laughs> if I knew it better, I'm sure I would have been super oh, yeah. duper impressed. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, it is time for your third song. Yay! What are we gonna listen to? 
So this song is really special to me. Um, it's called All Summer Long by the Beach Boys. And um, there are a lot of Beach Boys songs I have some really fond memories surrounding. But I chose this song um, because I, I love um, the lyrics and um, I also have a really special memory surrounding it. Um, so I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. Um, so middle school. And um, I got called to the front office like in the middle of the day, like 12 o'clock. And I was kind of like, what what the heck is going on? Um, you know, I didn't have a doctor's appointment and kind of made me nervous. I was like, is everyone OK? And so I got to the front of the school and my dad was just standing there at the front of the school. And he just had like this huge smile on his face. So I automatically knew nothing was wrong. So I went out to meet him and I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, Brian, just get in the car. Like, everything's cool. Just get in the car. So I got in the car, and um, we had all the windows down. We actually might have taken my mom's BMW that day. <laughs> so, like, the top was down sure. even. And um, he didn't even say anything. We just got in the car, and he's like, I'm just going to take you on a cool little on a cool little trip. And um, so he blasted, like, Beach Boys just the whole way. But I remember listening to this one song all summer long just because it's, oh, my gosh, just the beat and um, – just everything about it is just so happy and cheerful. And um, it was like the spring semester. There were only a few weeks left of school. So it was like the cusp of summer. You know? You're in Raleigh. Yes. Outside. Yeah. So it was beautiful. Yeah, it you know, is. like when you were a kid and you just like, there was like let's, that special summer feeling. Let's see. It's spring. There's cherry blossoms in Raleigh. Yes, like, there are. Everything's pink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know. All the all the senses. So um so yeah, he just blasted that song and we just sang together. Um and he actually took me to um a Durham Bulls baseball game. And um we just sat there. It was such a beautiful day. We just sat there together in the sun and um dippin' dots were my favorite and still are my favorite. Mm-hmm. And um he got me dippin' dots and we ate funnel cakes and like French fries and <sighs> we just sat there in the sun and we just had the best time just talking and laughing, you know, skipping school, you know. What do you know a cooler dad? Like just to, you know, pick you up. You in the got to of the do day. Ferris Bueller without having to sneak out. Exactly. Your dad took you on a Ferris Bueller day. Exactly. How cool is that? And the funniest part is, and my mom was always like a real stickler for school and like <laughs> grades and stuff. Although she was punk rock. <laughs> no. She cared about my grades. They're both gonna hear this. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, she knows. She okay. knows. I, I I we discuss it. <laughs> okay. But you know, she was punk rock, but she really she really cared about my grades. So sure. I was I was like – and so my dad made it seem like she had no idea that my dad had skipped work and I had skipped school to like go, go to this game. So we got there and we were sitting there just having a great time eating our snacks. And I looked over to my left and my mom was walking towards me and my dad. So just hooky for everybody. Yeah. And so I – I was like, and she like made it seem like she was mad at first. And so I was like, oh my goodness. And she knew the whole time, like she had come and, you know, she wanted to surprise us. And um, it was just like the oh, coolest wait, so he, thing. Your dad didn't know she was going to be. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she came and surprised us. And um, honestly, it was just like one of my best memories from middle school. Yeah. And yeah, we just all sat there together and just, yeah, just had an awesome day. Just skipping <sighs> school and work. All right. Playing hooky. Uh, Dippin' Dots, Funnel Cake, Baseball, everything. Uh, This is All Summer Long by the Beach Boys off of the album of the same name from 1964. I just love that song. It's, I mean, it's the feeling in a song. Like, yeah, yeah. you can, I think, you know, Beach Boys songs can 
they they definitely have a, like a like a genre like the, yes. like a type inside of themselves. Yes. But man, do they nail that type? They like, really do. No one does it better. Yeah. But no, I just there's one lyric in that song. Every mm. now and then we hear our song. I just love that, especially for um, for me and my dad because mm. we do this thing called song song o the day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, every day. Um, especially throughout high school, we lit- we were so consistent with it. Um, we would send each other a song every single day to listen to. And um, we did it all throughout college, too. And that would just be like a really cool way for us to just stay connected. I love um, that. Yeah, because he had such a huge, you know. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, you should. I'm going to do that with my daughter. That's, that's you great. You should. Yeah. Um, if you were a pro wrestler, what would your walk-on music be? Ooh. Oh, man. That is. Got her. Man. Probably something by uh, by Led Zeppelin, just like, you know, like when he just goes like so when they go so intense, like with the guitar, you know, like Robert Plant's just in, out there shredding, you know, yeah, pick a song, <sighs> maybe. Oh, my goodness. Or maybe jump around. <laughs> just <laughs> oh, completely opposite. Yeah. Just away from Zeppelin. I would Zeppelin. say that that is the opposite of Zeppelin, yeah. but I think yeah. that that is also a great You know choice. what? I'm going to do that one. Just okay. get the whole crowd hyped up. And just come in. jump around. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. This is an ancillary question to this, but I think we got to know it. What would your wrestler name be? <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know. Maybe like Big Mama Bryn. I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, hey, if you, um, if you were a cocktail or a drink... What would what would that be? Oh, that's cool. Okay, well, it's definitely got a shot of vodka. Okay. <laughs> right, so boom, two ounce vodka. So, go. Yes. Okay. Boom. Next. Then it's got to be something like fruity tropical. So I would say maybe kind of like on the same line as a blue Hawaiian, maybe. Or okay. Like so cur- a, curacao. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe some some grenadine because I, yeah. I love I love like Shirley Temples. Sure. I mean, Dirty Shirley, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man, there's this there's this restaurant on um, Sanibel called something like the Happy Cow or something, and um, they have this drink called the Miami Vice, and I would want it to be a recreation of the Miami Vice. It's like coconut and strawberry, and it's like this beautiful frozen drink, and it's just so so delicious. Okay, uh, I am down with all of these, and we are gonna <laughs> steal the name because normally we make them name it. So uh-huh. that's normally I would say, Bryn, what would you name this drink? Oh, but that would be the name. Perfect. The Miami Vice. Yes. Ooh. Or could it be the Raleigh Vice? Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. The Raleigh Vice. Okay, cool. Um, if you could broadcast the song, uh, a song, any song, into the head of every person on the planet all at once, oh. what would you pick? Man, that is a good question. I'd want it to be something meaningful, you know, something to inspire people. I'd have to say Imagine by John Lennon. You know, maybe maybe it could inspire some peace and some some love. I love your answer. Yes. We have had that answer before many Ooh. times. Okay, I'm I want sure. another one. That was kind of basic. <laughs> I'm, just inter- I'm just interested. I know. It's not that it's basic. It's just I'm I'm interested if I take that yeah. away, what people will say. Um Maybe um, love will keep around. love you know. <laughs> no, you have um, love. Love will keep us together by Captain and Tennille. Oh, yeah. Love, do, do. love will keep us together. Do, yeah. Do, do. See, I like that because I like the idea of somebody who might not be in a relationship, but they're just yeah. like minding their own business, and it's yeah. like, what? Yeah. What? What's going on here? Um. Okay. Um. What song would you love to hear for the first time again? Oh, wow. 
That would be so special. Do I get to keep my memories associated with it? Um, yeah, this doesn't this isn't retroactive. Okay. Just like okay. yeah, if you could have that feeling again of like like oh, cool. like because some songs the first time you hear it you're like I can't believe this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just like blow your mind. Yeah, man. I don't know. I talked about "Beautiful Day" by U two earlier and just how that was like such a special song for me. Maybe that one, and I could just like listen to it and just be like amazed by it again. And but I would want to listen to it with my dad. And just have that experience. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with this caveat. Here. Yeah. Um, what would 14 year old Bryn think of current Bryn? Well, 14 year old Bryn really had her stuff together. <laughs> you, you know. Are you drawing a really, contrast? Really, <laughs> really, just like you know, organized, and I, you know, I'm still, I'm still very much that way. But um, I think I used to have this such a clear picture of what I wanted my life to be. And, you know, things change and my ideas of what I want to do change every day. Um, I basically my only goal is to be a scholar. And um, as long as I'm learning new things and um, doing things for others and meeting new people, I'm going to be happy. And so I think that um, 14 year old Bryn would be happy as long as as long as she knew that that was my that was my purpose in life. Um, regarding my career, I, I don't know. I go back and forth. <laughs> I go back and forth a little bit about that, but, um, you tell her to get into jams early. Yeah. So yeah. More so we could, yeah, we can take, we can take that off a little bit, a little bit quicker, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. yeah. If you could tell her one thing, knowing what you know now, what would you tell her? I would tell her that, um, that you're powerful and, uh, don't take, don't take any crap off of anyone. I, you know, just um, not that I've taken a lot of crap, but, you know, sometimes um, and I think women especially are just really um, they feel like they have to say yes to things and they just have to be nice because there's like such a stereotype, especially in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I would just tell her just to, to stay strong and just be strong. And yeah, don't take any. Sh- you hear that, Jim? Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good note. Um, it is time for you to recommend three people who you think would be good candidates for this show uh, with whom you'll share the episode once it releases. Awesome. Um, well, first, of course, I've talked about on this whole podcast. Um, it's got to be my dad, Steve. Good old Steve. Steve Goldsmith. Um, so he's he's my first one. Um, he would have some really interesting stories, I think, um, especially from his band days. Yeah, you know, out down in the basement, just playing and and jamming. Um, the second one would be my boss, actually, right now. One of my bosses. Um, her name is Christine Davlin. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things we bonded over um, was our shared love of Led Zeppelin. And uh, once we discovered that about each other, it was just, we've just been like best friends ever since. So she gets me through the day and we we listen to like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin throughout mm. the day. And we yeah, so it's just it's just awesome. So she'd have some really cool stories to share as well. Um, the third person and this is hard because, you know, my mom has some awesome stories, Lisa. Um, but I talked about my um, psychology teacher, Mr. Holcomb, mm-hmm. Steve Holcomb. Mm-hmm. He would have some really cool stories, I think. So, so that's going to be my third person. Okay. You're Steve in touch Holcomb. with all these people. Yes. All right. Well, we're so going to reach maybe out I can to each have other. Four. <laughs> uh, you, you can actually say more than if you. Yeah. Oh, we cool. Just, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you told me at the beginning that it was going to be your mom and dad. Yeah. So I'm just going to reach out to both of them, and that's cool. fine by me. Um, all right. Well, Bryn, this has been awesome. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about like this whole thing? 
This is just so cool, Richard. Um, what an awesome way to pay testament to people's um, memories and most treasured stories. Um, I think music can bring people together. And thank you for this opportunity to share share a little bit about my life. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and host. Production assistance by Jared the Intern Gonzalez. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going back one year to episode 128 with another FGCU alum, Bruno Halpern. Originally from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Bruno told us the story about how he found unexpected solidarity at a soccer, or rather football, championship match. I was super excited, and my friends were there and stuff, and it was super, super crowded, like, and we were already inside the stadium, and then I noticed that I lost my wallet. Mm. And I was like, okay, like, there's no way that I will ever find it again, like, especially because, you know, even in a in the context of a game like this there's two people that might pick pocket you and stuff right so like two seconds later this guy taps on my shoulder and, and i'm like okay and then this guy like he looks super poor but he he had my wallet and returned to me and i was like whoa like that's crazy and because of this kind of spiritual like you know energy that the stadiums used to have this guy just kind of stuck around with us. Like he, in that moment, he was kind of part of our family. (laughs) And he was super cool and, and, you know. Yeah. But I don't even know his name. I don't know where he went after that. Like, but in that period of time, it was, you know, like he was my closest friend or something. So. And what a great demonstration that it is okay to be kind and honest. Exactly. I love reminders of that. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. So they tackle me in against the wall and push me inside the concert hall. So I kind of can see Shakira from the side. Right. So it was a, it was a win, you know.